dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hey friends, this is Mother Natalia, and today's episode is Father Michael's. He shares some of his musings on St. Nicholas, kind of recycling an old homily he gave, and tells us about the four steps that he's put together for praying for miracles. Father Michael, not St. Nicholas. And uh, we kind of talk about the daily miracles that occur in our lives, not just the, the life or death ones, but we touch on those as well. And if you are not a hashtag banter hater, then you get to hear about the new term that we um, coined. Do you coin a term? I think that's right. And, and we coined it accidentally. Yes, accidentally. The the maternity of St. Anna uh, that we celebrate in Merca. If you are a hashtag banter hater, go ahead and skip ahead seven minutes and 35 seconds after this intro. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory to him forever. Blessed Feast Mother. Yeah, happy feast day. Thank you. We should do some, well, we do do live things, I guess, but we're recording today on the maternity of Anna on the American feast of the maternity of Anna. The maternity. The maternity, Murica, maternity <laughs> of Anna. Is that what you said that? Because if you did, that's really funny. Um, That's not why I said that. It is really funny. Ah. It's because you kind of said it. And so I was making fun of you, but that is pretty funny. It's like Murica and the maternity of Anna. The reason I say that, dear listeners, is because Traditionally, we Eastern Christians celebrate the maternity of Anna on December 9th. Why, Father Michael? Um, because the number nine symbolizes the number three, which is the Trinity, times three, which is also the Trinity. <laughs> December is the 12th month, which is the number three for the Trinity, um, plus um, nine more, which is three <laughs> times three, which is all the Trinity. So traditionally on December 9th, we celebrate the maternity yeah. of the mother God. Okay. <laughs> That's not why. Um, we celebrate because the mother, the birth of the mother of God, um, of course, that we celebrate in September is, is nine months, but we take away one day because only Jesus in our in our Byzantine church gets a perfect nine months. Mm-hmm. John the Baptist gets one more day than nine months. The mother of God gets one less day than nine months. The only conceptions we celebrate, in other words, we only, the, the Annunciation, which is the uh, conception of our Lord in the womb of, of his mother, the Theotokos, um, that's a perfect nine months mm-hmm. because of course he's perfect in that way. So, so, but, but we celebrate, we American Byzantine Catholics, at least in our Ruthenian uh, metropolia have moved the feast to match the Roman Catholic one so that we can celebrate along with our Roman Catholic brothers and sisters when they celebrate Immaculate Conception because the Immaculate Conception is the patronal feast day of our country, mm. of the United States. Hence the maternity of Anna <laughs> <laughs> that I'm now using forever, <laughs> only in America. Uh, I, when you started your whole bit about the threes, I kind of panicked that you didn't actually know the reason, but I was like, <laughs> I was like, surely he knows this. And then I felt like a jerk for throwing you under the bus because I really thought you did. I was going to say, you you're so good to like try to avoid throwing me under the bus. I appreciate that immensely. <laughs> I sound a little bit sick, don't I? I'm hearing my own sickness. You do, like, but I feel like I sound sick too and I'm not. So I think um, you're, people can hear my You know tired. when people say I've been sick for three weeks? I've been sick for three weeks, but it doesn't like debilitate me at all. It's just, Mm-hmm. I have a stuffy nose, but it's also it's also California's having a man cold. Like it's really not <laughs> the that state bad, of California is having a man cold. <laughs> the whole state, it's a little bit cold, and we're all like freaking out and getting sick. So uh, California man cold. It's, so it rarely gets cold here. Um, so we, I, I had to buy restaurant heaters for the outreach in Santa Paula because it's just cold enough where parents are like, Father, if we don't. If it's not, if we don't have something to warm us up a little bit, then we're gonna just go home because right now our parish is a construction zone. We don't have a hall, mm-hmm. so we're we're eating. We're doing all of our socials outside. Like I feel like I had to had to throw that in there. Poor little California man cold. I know. Hold. To, oh, mother. Sorry, I should have told you this off off the record, but I gave away my child key again. <laughs> I, 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 I gave away two chotki. I gave away the one you made me, and then I gave away one that the nuns in the Holy Land made and I bought. So I, right. I don't have any chotki right now. Okay. Um, 
at the dig up at old Steubenville Rosary for my time there and, and where that is Chod Keen. But I would love another one, please. Okay. Thanks for saying that on the air so now everyone will hold me accountable. I would have done that. So if you anyways. don't get me one, you're like, you're like, Father, this is this is more than three strikes. It's a waiting list. <laughs> um, this it is, is like it is more than so many strikes. <laughs> uh you know I have what? a bad habit. Well, a bad good habit of giving away the chalky that mother makes me to people that seem pious and holy. And I know. And Do you know? Them. I have this problem too, and I'm often mocked for it in our monastery. And I apparently got it from you because I make chalky for myself to wear on my wrist, and then inevitably, someone's like, "Wow, that's a really beautiful chalky," and I'm like, "Oh, here, have it." And then it's off my wrist, and I'm like, "What did I just do?" And uh, <laughs> so, anytime I make myself a chalky, the nuns are like, "How long is this one going to last?" And um, they've said that my uh, my icon should I become a saint, which. Um, I think my best bet is dying during Bright Week. So I I feel like Bright Week of 2025 is when I'm going to die. So just keep that in mind. Uh, anyways. Um, 2025? Yeah. So the... I, I will bet you, I will bet you 25 beers that you're not going to die in 2025. And not angel beers. This is here on earth. <laughs> No, because then if I die, then it has to be angel beers. Okay, then I'll give you angel beers if you die in 2025, and you have to buy me 25 beers. <laughs> I'm saying this to show how ridiculous this is. 20, 25 beers. Anyways, so the nuns have said that my icon <laughs> She's not gonna agree. is going to be me. Um, I don't have money to buy you 25 beers. You can spend I can make you beer. Yeah, make me beer. Maybe 25 beers. <laughs> Um, Woman, <laughs> I know, that sounded I so bad. I was like, "Make me something." I was like, <laughs> I was like waiting for that to come because of the tone in which you said, "Make me a beer," and I was like, "Wow." Um, it's like I was, it's like I was sitting outside myself, and I heard me say something misogynistic, so I just ran with it because <laughs> I didn't mean that. Listeners, dear listeners, please know that Father Michael is not actually sexist. Um, I can attest to this. So. Anyways, they've said that in my icon. I'm <laughs> just gonna be. I'm just gonna be handing out chotki, and I think you said in my icon I'm gonna be walking into trees because I also do that sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> we joke about because so many icons have the instrument of the person's martyrdom, and I may have mentioned this before. Um, I don't know what yours would be, but walking into trees is not be an instrument of your martyrdom. No. It'll be something else. It'll probably be. It'll probably be jogging. Through the worst part of Los Angeles, <laughs> and being like with a big smile on your face, you'll, you'll be like, you'll be running through like all these people with knives and guns trying to shoot at you, and you just have this big nun smile on your face as you're running through. Oh, oh my gosh, I've had some so brazen. Some she comes to visit me running. and is like, I'm gonna go for a jog, <laughs> and I'm like, be careful, mother. She's like, okay, and then she runs off. So how was the run? Oh, I almost died. Like people tried to kill me, and I just ran. Father Michael, my parents listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make them panic. Please tell your daughter to stop running through the worst parts of life. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We've been bantering for long enough. Don't you want to do your oh, topic? Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, so that's a good transition. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, it's someone a, it's said for transition. my episodes, we actually transition, which I think they were just being generous because I don't think I do, but... I had a transition in mind. You never let me get there. Oh, I'm sorry. Please give you a transition. So I guess we're not going to transition. Okay. Um, so, well, I, I was going to transition in using your your death during Bright Week, um, because have you ever heard of the the Dar Mine miracle in 1907 at the Dar Mine in Pennsylvania? Yes, because Nicholas. Father John Kachuba had liturgy for us. I'm not gonna give give it away. Don't worry. But he had he had feast. Oh my gosh, words! <laughs> Father John had liturgy for us on the feast of Saint Nicholas, and he included this in his homily. Ah, I did too. So I want to. I, I do want to talk a little bit about Saint Nicholas. You mentioned Bright Week because there is a joke. You've probably heard this. I maybe mentioned on the podcast um, that oh, uh-huh. the, we had a bishop, um, Bishop Dolanai, um, became Metropolitan Dolanai, who who was the first bishop of the Eparchy of Van Nuys, now Eparchy of Phoenix, 
and he died during Bright Week, which of course all of us want to die during Bright Week. There's a venerable Byzantine tradition that anybody who dies during Bright Week goes straight to heaven. Please do not over do not take that too legalistically. I have to explain this every year. Um, that's not objectively the case. It's just there's extra graces. We leave the royal doors open, etc. On that day during Bright Week, um, to kind of show the the resurrection and the access to heaven, the resurrection is brought. But you, we need to be holy. We need to have faith. That actually ties into my podcast as well. I almost said my homily, my podcast as well. Um, but he died, and he was. I guess there was a big debate during his time about whether we should follow the Gregorian or the Julian calendar, the old calendar or the new calendar. And the based upon these two calendars, Easter is on a different date. Therefore, Bright Week's a different week. Um, and he died during Gregorian or New Calendar Bright Week, which was the the Bright Week he wanted and he, we were celebrating. And the joke was that when he got to heaven and and Saint Peter or Jesus or whoever we Byzantines believe you fi- see first um, says to him, "Oh no, sorry, you need to you need to go to purgatory or hell or something like that." He's like, "What? I died during Bright Week." He goes, "Oh, we celebrate old calendar up here." <laughs> <laughs> Which is what she, he did not want to do. So the the Dar mine disaster in 1907 was there, there were mine disasters a lot. Unfortunately, a lot of our our Carpatho Rusin forefathers um, died in mine disasters, fires, explosions, things like that, in, in coal mines um, up in Pennsylvania and Ohio and Jersey and 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 um, especially Pennsylvania. Well, there was a an explosion on Old Calendar Saint Nicholas. Um, <laughs> I was really hoping I'd get that look, Mother. <laughs> she Saint didn't Nicholas know. is what? It was it was old calendar Saint Nicholas. I didn't it was even like know December old calendar 19th has or something a different like Saint Nicholas. Well, okay, so that, that that's a really good point. We'll have to do a whole podcast on calendars, but but revised Julian means that you celebrate Pascha on old calendar Pascha, but. All of the immovable feasts you keep on the Gregorian. So December or Christmas is December twenty fifth, etc. But but Easter moves according to the old calendar. Um, so so all all feast days on the immovable calendar, namely they have days on the calendar like January first, December twenty fifth. Those would all move thirteen days later. I think we're at thirteen days. That's going to change in hundreds of years. But anyway, so yeah, so so. That would have been old calendar. I think it's December nineteenth, if I remember the story correctly. But anyway, it was December nineteenth when when they all half of the mine refused to go to work, and they all went to go celebrate Saint Nicholas at their local parish. And there was a horrible mine disaster; it killed actually all the miners who were there. Um, but they saw this as a a miracle of Saint Nicholas who brought these uh, these men who were celebrating the feast out. Um, we need to be really careful, um, of course, with this because in no way has anybody ever thought, except my weird mind, I guess, that God punished somehow those who didn't go celebrate the feast. We would never want to say that. Wait. See, mother's mother scandalized by the way that my brain works. No, right no, no, no. I have a great solution because my brain works the same <laughs> way during Father John's oh, okay. homily. Amen. Um, okay. Because as he's giving the homily, I was like, Wait, that seems really not okay. That God just killed all these miners. <laughs> like, oh, like, mother, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, be scandalized that my brain for once works the same way as yours. Um, Work the same way as mine. <laughs> so uh, I was like, that's not okay. And then I thought, it's not okay. no, maybe it was this. Maybe it's that the um, the accident was going to happen, and the mines were going to cave in, and that. God saved these 80 people from the accident who were worshiping. So I, I think I think this is one of the things where we take the overgeneralization of the Byzantine tradition and say, we just don't ask too many questions because <laughs> it, you, you get into theodicy, right? You get into why does God let bad things happen? So why, Did why didn't God theodicy? prevent the fire? Yeah. Is that a word? Is it, do, you, do you pronounce it a different way? Yeah, it's... No, I it's, don't know it's, that word. A, it's, oh, it's, it's a study of... It's a study of um, how do we justify a good God when they're in the presence of immense evil in the world. Oh, that's, so how that's how my how can a good God really soon? Okay, it's it's how can a good God let bad things happen? I shouldn't it have is, said is, that. I don't know how soon it'll be. It might be in a year. <laughs> ha! <laughs> see see what happens, mother, when you do that. Um, and it's a, it's an amazing topic, um, and uh, unfortunately, there's no real answer. 
So Mother's mm-hmm. podcast is just going to be reading the book of Job um, because <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what the book of Job is about. Actually, I almost did my podcast today on on praying for death. And I, I, don't, I, I know that we, we've heard that a lot because Joachim and Anna prayed for death before they conceived of the mother of God, which is the feast day today. Um, I'm, I'm reading through the Bible and I'm reading Job right now. And he, he prayed for death for like an entire chapter um, and yet was still considered righteous. Um, I guess I should, like, I, it's not a good thing to pray for death. <laughs> you know, um, but I think some of us sometimes think that that's a thing, but anyway, um, it's not a good thing. Don't pray for death, but but if you do, um, if you do feel that despairing, go talk to someone. <laughs> but also, that there there's a way of, of there's a way of saying I'm not going to manipulate God. I'm certainly not going to take my own life, and and to say here's here's my thoughts, Jesus. Here's how I feel. I'm going to share with you exactly how I feel, and that's not a bad thing. I shouldn't have gotten into this. It's a, it's a, it's a very Bright hard week, topic that I'm, that, I'm, that I'm not going to do. Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know we've had so many pearls and cowboys this episode, but I just need to say this because I've been wondering, why is this feast not one of our 12 great feasts? Do you have a, an answer? Because it's not, and I don't understand why. It's I, th- I think the the main theme of this feast for us Byzantines is just a, a miraculous conception for Saints Joachim and Anna. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't think it's it 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 is not it's really not as big as the other ones. Like for Roman Catholic, it's the Immaculate Conception, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it, whether it's a dive obligation right now or not, I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure it used to be. If it's not anymore, um, I think it is. My parents were saying that they are going okay. tonight. Yeah. So at least in some dioceses it is, but yes, I I I think that we see it as a miraculous conception for two old people, and and then the and we call it I mean, we call it the beginning of our salvation in a sense, but we also call the birth of the mother of God the beginning of our salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's I, I I think it's I don't know which one would you replace? <laughs> wow, <laughs> fair question. <laughs> Um, <laughs> You're like, shouldn't this be one of the top thirteen? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll just add it. <laughs> Can we just have a top twenty? Can we? <laughs> Maybe I just want that because we get the twelve major feasts off at our monastery. We don't have to work on the twelve feasts. So ah, I'm like, why okay. am I working there it today? Is. You know? <laughs> there it is. Okay. Um. So anyway, so my topic today is is based upon a, a thought I had on the feast of Saint Nicholas. Um, which was two days ago on, as we record, uh, December 6th, new calendar. Um, <laughs> and on, on the other... <laughs> Listen, the I'd be Nicholas, fine if we switched old calendar. Like, I'm going to do what we do. But if we I switched, would I'd be happy. Too, do you know that every, it seems but, like every year it doesn't snow on our Christmas, but then it snows on mm, old calendar uh, Christmas. And I'm like, Jesus there likes old go. calendar. I shouldn't have said that. I'm I just, being brazen. It's just that our, well, my siblings' great, 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 great grandkids are going to be celebrating Christmas in July if we do that. Because it's since it's since it's not as scientific as the new calendar, it's not as accurate. Therefore, it's going to move. So, so anyway, that that that's why. But I I get it. I I would sacrifice that to actually celebrate one Pascha with the Orthodox. I would. Pope Francis um, recently brought this up again. Did you hear about that? Yeah, it's come up and there's discussion whether Catholics go to old calendar Pascha or um, I doubt most Orthodox would come to new calendar, but they, they're thinking about maybe with, at least with the ecumenical patriarch, I believe, maybe making a, a, another option, choosing another way of analyzing it, which would which would be a huge deal. Um Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what Neither I agree with. The I don't Byzantines know what I want. Neither the Byzantines nor the Orthodox do things new, so I don't know how that's going to go. This is true. This is true. So anyway, but that, we'll we'll let them discuss it at the higher extra. How many Byzantines we'll does it take to change a light bulb? When we're told, <laughs> change. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nice, nice. So I was I was on the feast and I was thinking, you know, I I have a bad habit. I grew up Roman Catholic, so I I do have a. Um, bad habit of not adapting to the way that we Byzantines, like the titles we give saints. Mm. Um, so, uh, and I, and that, this is not a big deal, but I, th- I think it's beautiful in a sense. So when I was preaching to the kids on St. Nicholas, I said, what is the proper, what is the fullest proper name for Jesus? 
our Lord, God, and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? That's the proper title. Oh, the, I'm the nodding Theotokos right now. Sorry, I forget is that the Theotokos, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the Theotokos and Ever Virgin Mary. Like we have uh-huh. these titles. The Holy Prophet, Forerunner, and Baptist John, uh-huh. right? John the evan- John the Theologian or, or the Holy Evangelist, the um, Apostle Evangelist, John apostles. the Theologian. The Glorious of Us Apostle and Evangelist, John the Theologian, right? We have these big long names. Um, for these saints, and I and I think that that's as much as I don't. I think it's silly to like require people to use the big longer names. I also think it's really beautiful to know them at least and to use them when we can, um, especially in anything that's written. Um, so I was meditating upon Nicholas, right? Nicholas, we call him Nicholas, our Holy Father Nicholas, the Wonder Worker. Mm-hmm. And there's something that we there are other wonder workers, um, but but Nicholas is kind of the wonder worker. He's the patron saint of every Byzantine, Catholic, and Orthodox, and and we love him. One of the reasons we love him is because he is a wonder worker, and he did he worked many wonders when he was alive. The story we all know about the three young maidens whose father did not have enough money to give them a dowry, so he when each of them became the age of marriage, he dropped. Um, coins, uh, bags of coins, of money into their home. There was enough to get have a dowry, and they could all get married. I've heard this is where we get the tradition of having bulbs on Christmas trees. So my parishes have always put up the Christmas tree on St. Nicholas or around St. Nicholas mm-hmm. um, to justify having a tree up before Christmas, <laughs> 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 which is kind of a cop out. But I love this season; it's my favorite season. So. Um, that's the case. He also did um, many miracles when he was alive, but not where he was. So this is an, this may be by location. This may be um, some sort of he he though he was still alive somewhere else. He appeared somewhere else, mm-hmm. especially with sailors. Um, many sailors either there was a, a little boy who fell off a, a ship and all of a sudden appeared back on the ship, and um, he said that when he fell off, he cried out to Saint Nicholas, and then Saint Nicholas, who was alive at the time but not on the boat put him back on the boat. There was another time when, when St. Nicholas appeared um, at on a boat when he was not there to guide the ship into harbor in rough storms. So he was still alive at this time. So there, there's, there's things he did in person. There's things he did when he was alive, but was not at that place. I compared this in my, when I was thinking about it, there was one time when I literally said in prayer, like I was talking to Jesus and I said, I said, oh Lord, and I, I had to give a talk or something like this. And I knew she was praying for me. And so I said, Lord, um, through the intercession of Hope Schneer, please let me give a good talk. <laughs> now Hope Schneer is very much alive. <laughs> Normally we don't say through the intercession of someone who's alive, but I was like, why not? It may, I know she's praying for me. Mm-hmm. I know Jesus knows she's praying for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm mentioning like, I know she's praying for me, Lord. So by her prayers, mm-hmm. even though she's still alive, help me out with this. I think, I think there's nothing wrong with that. So it's kind of the same thing. St. Nick's was alive. He was helping out in other places other than where he was through his prayer. And finally, there was this one that the, the many works, the mender, many wonders he worked after he was dead. And this is the most, the, usually when we pray for miracles, right? After someone's dead, they're at the throne of God. Um, God allows through the intercession, God grants us miracles through the intercession. And this would have been like the, the Dar mind disaster. Right? That's why right. that's D-A-R-R, if you want to look it up, Dar mind disaster in 1907. Um, in Pennsylvania. So all of these things are our wonders work. So I thought of all the days of the year to actually ask for a miracle, I think this is the day. You know, if... if wow, he, you he say is, this now that it's past. Now we... It's, it's still... We all have to wait calendar, until... Brother, old calendar, St. Nicholas. <laughs> Okay, when's old calendar, St. Nicholas? Um, I think it's just, I need to do the math. I think it's December 19th. Um, so it's yes. still past so for we, our listeners. <laughs> oh, sorry, listeners, you gotta wait a whole year. I'll take advantage. But I'm gonna pray for it. miracles on um, December 19th. <laughs> but I thought, okay, so I'm gonna pray for a wonder to be worked since he's the wonder worker on the Feast of St. Nicholas. Um, and then I went into this deep That's kind Mother of, Eliana, her brother's wedding. December 19th or December 6th? December 19th. Oh, okay. Would he consider it a miracle that he met this girl and married her? Um, yes, because so many visa issues. Like it's been so, <laughs> oh, it's been such a disaster. Like, oh, so he's get getting married on that day. It yeah. has not happened yet. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations to them. Okay. Yeah. Amen. Um, so, so yeah. So I'm thinking, and this is something that mother, I, I want your feedback on. Um, I want, I want some discussion about 
if I said to someone, go to your icon corner right now or go to church and pray for a miracle, what would that look like? Is there things we need to be cautious of? Is there things we need to encourage? What does it look like? Um, et cetera. So when I, was, when I was thinking through this, I came up with four things um, that I'm going to mention on here. And, uh, and I want you to uh, either correct me or add to it and then add anything else. So do you have any initial thoughts, Mother? Because I've been talking for a while. Any initial thoughts on if one of your spiritual daughters came up to you and said, Mother, I, I, I really, I want to pray for a miracle. They don't even tell what it is. They don't even say like what it is. They just mm-hmm. say, I want to pray for a miracle. Um, I know that God grants miracles. What, what should I do? What, what's the first piece of advice that comes to your mind? Um, well, this is kind of the end, not the beginning of it. But the first thing that pops in my mind is that we, I, I think it's important to end all of those prayers for miracles with, um, but, but give me whatever is for my good. Um, you know, uh, so that's that, jumping that's to in the my end, list. Thank you. Great. Yeah, no, amen. That's at the end of mine. So thank you for that. And I, I think that probably is the most important aspect of it actually. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so um, here's there's, my- There's also here's, something about like, I, there, there needs to be an actual trust that God can and does perform miracles. You know, like that's a big part of it as well. Because I think that um, we often- talk about um like most catholics would say yes god god performs miracles but how many of us actually believe that he really can and and does mm-hmm. you know uh, so yep. i don't know so that that kind of relates to my my first thought um that i had this day a few days ago and that's that god is God condescends, we use that word all the time, right? God who, who's, who's bigger than us, he's a creator, we're creatures. Jesus ascended into heaven. So there's something about looking up in prayer. Jesus himself looks up in prayer. There's something that God gave us um, in our humanity to imagine that God is, is higher than us, bigger than us. You know, many people look up in prayer. We see it, we see it all through the scriptures and the fathers, et cetera. So there's something about, even if God isn't, you know, geographically up from us, there's still something about our humanity that, that says God is, is higher than us, bigger than us. And that actually helps us understanding of God's love for us. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, So there's something to understand that, that, that God, can, as you said, mother, and and already does miracles. So we know um, we have it in our prayers. It's actually one of our one of our prayers of Vespers. I was reading just the other day, uh, the priestly prayers that most people don't hear. I didn't bring my book with me, or I'd read it. Um, that says that uh, we thank you, Lord, and that's that's the key to this. We thank you, Lord, um, for the gifts um, or the, for the things you have given, because you know what we need even before we ask or are aware of it. Mm-hmm. So God, God is already doing miracles. Now, now I, by, by, we need to define miracles and wonder workers, you know, th- things, things that are, that need a transcendent power, something that, that, that taps in divinity, something that is not gonna happen without um, the divine or the transcendent breaking into our reality. There, mm-hmm. there's, this is beyond science, it's beyond reason, something is happening. God does these things all the time. And so, and he grants us what we need. Um, somebody said the other day um, on Twitter, like, you know, unpopular opinion, but I believe that guardian angels exist. I'm like, what? Like, like, like we, we Byzantines, we, we ask for every single divine liturgy, right? Mm-hmm. We're taught, we're, we're asking for the empowerment of our guardian angel. We give guardian angels to our vehicles. When we bless a car, we, we ask for a guardian angel to be sent. We, like at our baptism, we mention, give this child a guardian angel. Like this is, this is the core part of our faith. Mm-hmm. But there's something about even our guardian angels are empowered by God to protect us and in miraculous ways. And I have absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> um, felt um, with the eyes and the ears of faith, um, what what makes more sense? It makes more sense even that I was protected by my guardian angel than that something else randomly happened to protect me from something. Um, but God is already 
doing miracles, whether we know it or not. And that's why I think it's so important to make sure that we that Christians are a people of gratitude. Mm-hmm. In other words, before we even ask for a wonder to be worked through the intercession of St. Nicholas or anybody or just or just going directly to Jesus, before we even ask, we need to make sure that we are grateful for the miracles that are already being worked, whether we know it or not. And that's why we say that in every single divine liturgy of St. Tom Chrysostom, the priest thanks God during the anaphora, during the consecration for the gifts that are seen and unseen, the gifts that are manifest and hidden. Mm-hmm. So what I mentioned to my congregation was that we have this tradition in some Byzantine churches and in my parish we do, where if you, while well, the priest is walking around through the great entrance, we've mentioned this in the podcast on the divine liturgy, when the priest is walking around during the great entrance, people will touch his vestments. And with that, 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 um, is comes from a tradition where the people would ask for intercession or, or tell the priest what their intention for that divine liturgy was while he walked around with the bread and the wine. And as he made the offering of the bread and wine on the altar that would become the body of Christ, so their intentions for that divine liturgy were also offered on that altar. So I like the fact that there's some physical sign of me bringing my intentions, what I want the divine liturgy. I also encourage my people to come up with some physical sign, maybe even just a sign of the cross that you could do during that part of the divine liturgy mm. and w- where where you could say, I am somehow, th- I mean, in all honesty, the divine liturgy is long. For us with ADHD, it just, it all kind of blends together sometimes. You know, we, we need to kind of force ourselves to pay more attention to the more important parts of the divine liturgy. And I think that's one that I need to be more aware of is when the part of the divine liturgy that is thanking God for the things I don't even know he's doing in my life, I, I'll make this out of the cross just to say, Lord, help me to be more grateful for the things that you've given me, the things that I know, and even the things I don't know. And so this is kind of the beginning. Before we ask for a miracle, make sure we acknowledge they're already happening, whether I know it or not. And I'm thankful for the the miracles that are happening, whether I know it or not. Yeah, I was I was going to say something similar of, I wanted to bring up the concept of anamnesis or remembrance um, uh, for the, the same reason. And... Um, because I'm, I'm, I think I mentioned this on a recent podcast, but I'm rereading Deuteronomy right now. And I really love the book of Deuteronomy because it's like the whole book of Deuteronomy is showing the love behind the law. Right. Um, and this is like, Moses is, is giving the whole story of everything that happened through, um, the wandering in the desert and so on and so forth, because, um, like the generation that's going into the promised land is not the original generation of the Israelites, right? It's all their kids. So like Moses is giving them kind of the the verbal, the oral history, the oral tradition, um, not tradition, but yeah, the history of, of what happened to the Israelites in the desert um, and uh, the, the 10 commandments and the golden calf and that like all of this, right? Um, but I like he mentions this anamnesis or remembrance because he says, like, when you're doubting that you can do this, remember God has done this. When you're doubting that yes. um you will have the strength, remember God has given you the strength. And there's like all of these, all of these, um, yeah, this this how important it is to remember what God has done for us in the past. And um this is true for miracles, but it's just true for us, like in our everyday struggles. You know, it's like mm-hmm. um, Mother Mother Gabriella had like asked me last night if I was doing okay because I was like having kind of a hard time, and I was like, you know, I just like I'm gonna be fine. I just need to wait it out, and and I knew that. It's like I've been through these things before, and I just need to wait it mm-hmm. out. Um, and so remembering the times that God has gotten us through a struggle in the past helps us to get through a struggle now, but the same is true of miracles. Like remember the miracles he's performed in our lives, in the lives of, of others, um, in the lives of the saints. And um, yeah. And in some mystical way, remembering and having gratitude, even for the miracles that we don't realize have occurred, you know, St. St. Therese has this example she gives of, excuse me. She says, she talks about a father who's walking with his daughter, I think. And um, like, oh, shoot, I shouldn't have brought this up because I don't actually remember how, I, how it goes. So anyways, but the, the idea of it is like, if a, if a daughter trips over a rock and the father catches her, that's love. Um, 
if the father removes the rock before she even notices it and she doesn't trip at all, that's mm. maybe an even greater love. And she doesn't even know that something has, yeah. you know, and so it's like that kind of idea. Yeah. Amen. 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 The next thing I thought of was um, the the example that our liturgy and the scriptures give us of how to ask and what to ask for. Um, so we can learn when we're learning how to pray, which is just something that every Christian should always be aware of. Help me to learn to pray more. We oftentimes will say, I don't pray enough. You know, people come for spiritual direction. I don't pray enough. Um, but, but it's, we need to be humble enough to say, Lord, teach me how to pray and ask mm-hmm. people that are prayerful people teach me how to pray. The reason why I chose Father Robert Pipt as my spiritual father 19 years ago now was was because he was the most prayerful priest I knew. Hmm. And I I knew he prayed. I saw him pray in his home. I saw his icon corner. I saw him standing in prayer when I was, you know, there for a vocations retreat or whatever. I saw him praying. I saw him leaving events early to pray Compline. I saw him staying in church late to pray after the liturgy. I just I just saw and I noticed he was a prayerful man. So I asked him, um so we can learn how to it's a pray good thing and Father even Robert how to doesn't ask, listen to this podcast. <laughs> Why? Because he get a big head. Yeah, I think. Well, no, he wouldn't. I think he'd be more likely to be embarrassed. <laughs> you know him so well because that's exactly <laughs> he would. He wouldn't be embarrassed. He, I, I, I can see the look on his face though. He would. He kind of. He kind of scrunches his lips together because he doesn't. He'd be like, "Stop talking about this." <laughs> it's making me slightly uncomfortable. I, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I really love that um, man. He's great. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, that's funny. Um, so, but we can learn from the divine liturgy about how to pray and what to pray for. So, it, when we talking about miracles, you know, it's I was going to look it up, but I was like, there's just so many places. All of you who read the Bible know there's so many places in the Bible that talk about how Christians will do miraculous things, things that are beyond, things that are transcendent, they are beyond the normal, they're beyond reason, beyond science. Um, you see it all over Acts, the apostles or the apostles, when they do miracles, of course, Jesus himself does so many miracles. Um, we hear from our Lord um, about the ministry of Christians, you know, you're going to um, be able to drink poison and, you know, hold venomous serpents. There, there's all these things that are, in a sense, wonders worked because of Christ and because of our membership in the body of Christ and because Christ, uh, a, a Christian, it seems very obvious. And Origen talks about this a little bit. Origen says... There, there's a lot less miracles happening now, even in his time, which is like a hundred years after Jesus, um, than there was in Jesus's own time. Um, but there were, there were so many things happening. So we, and and most of those just come from from being holy. Like like if you if you are a member of the body of Christ, and if you are um, in union with God, you're going to do the things of God, and God does transcendent, miraculous working of wonders. So, in one sense, we can say, I'm going to learn from the liturgy and from the scriptures what miracles I'm going to ask for. Um, so, you know, if I'm reading the scriptures and I say, Lord, if someone's possessed, let me ask for a miracle. There was a guy today, I went down to go get coffee. I told Mother Natalia that I was going to be running some very important errands and I might be late, but I was just going to get coffee, so don't tell her. Um, I was going to get coffee. <laughs> it was toward Tony, though, so that is very important. <laughs> it was toward Tony. You saw my cup. Uh-huh. Um, oh, by the way, I... I walked over and um, our friend Karina, who is one of the owners of Tortoni, um, she was in the zone, like she was working and she's got a lot on her mind. Her her One of her best mm-hmm. friends, Natalia, is, has cancer and things like this. And so whenever I see her, I give her a hug and I say, how are you doing? And she she almost always looks very, very solemn. She's like, I'm good. Please pray, Father. Please pray, please pray. She, but she's always very happy to see me, but she just she's very solemn. And especially recently, I think, because there's so much going on in her life and in her friend's life. And then so I give her a hug and she just, she doesn't even smile. She just looks at me and goes, oh, hello, Father. You know, I didn't see you because she didn't see me come out. I already bought my coffee. And I said, I said, good. And I said, I, I need to run, Karina. Um, I'm going to go do a podcast with Mother Natalia. Her face lit up Aww. like <laughs> it had not before. <laughs> anyway, she was, oh my gosh. She's, she's like, tell her. I said, hi, that's so wonderful. Um, so anyway, um, you, you get the smile. Um, so the... Uh, so, but as I'm going there, there's this homeless guy who I've seen before. I've bought him coffee and food before at Tortoni. He sometimes just sits near the coffee shop. He was walking right down the middle of the road, right down the middle of Enter Boulevard. And this is probably 
the most confusing intersection. It, it's not a five way. It's not like a, a, a five corners. Um, but it's it's like the 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 streets are offset. Mm-hmm. So whether pe- cars are turning uh, turning right or left or going straight, you don't know. So it's one of the most dangerous intersections to be to walk on the crosswalk. And this man is walking down the middle of the street. And I just thought, my first thought was, we often, you can pretty much tell because he's incredibly dirty, that he probably has a mental illness. But I wonder if he's oppressed or possessed, mm-hmm. like with a demon. Mm-hmm. Because the, it, it, it was so weird. And like even his posture, that I started praying for him. And I almost expected him to like show some sort of discomfort or even mm-hmm. a mocking something, you know, um, he didn't, but I just thought, you know, there, there's something. Why not pray for that miracle? Like, like mm-hmm. even the miracle, like, like Jesus, if he is possessed or or whatever it is, or usually with mental illness, is a little bit of both. You know, help him. You know, help him. So I, I pray. I was like, let me. Hopefully, you know, our Lord will work a wonder and do that. Who knows? Our Lord works in mysterious ways. But, um, but we learn from the scriptures that we can pray for the casting out of demons. We can pray for the healing of physical infirmities. Um, all of these are transcendent, miraculous things. These are, are wonders to be worked. Um, even, I mean, how many times are the, the dead even raised? I think that's a really dangerous one and I'll get to that in a moment. But but there are, you know, learning from the liturgy. How many times in the liturgy do we pray for mercy, for peace? We pray often as in the liturgy that we be made worthy to receive the Eucharist, that we be made worthy to even say the Our Father. We say in our divine liturgy, we dare call you father and say, you know, so that there's, there's words in the liturgy, there's ways of asking for miracles that are already part of our liturgical life. And I think that's really important. Listen, listen to what we ask for and how we ask it in the liturgy and learn from that ancient tradition, how to talk to God, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to asking for wonders or asking for miracles. Yeah. Um, thoughts on that mother? Um, no, only... Uh, I think just as you're saying that, I was thinking this earlier too, I think it makes sense like when you're praying at all, but I think specifically to ask for a miracle, that um, it makes sense to start with the Our Father. And I was thinking that when you said like, um, we need to pray for the grace to know how to pray. Uh, and when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, those are the words that he gave them, you know, and he said, um, pray like this. So that's how we should pray. <laughs> so starting with the Our Father, because in the Our Father, like in the context of the Our Father, I think it, it contains even what we're asking for in a miracle. Um, like mm-hmm. give us this day our daily bread. And um, and yeah. then there's like the miracle of the manna for the Israelites and so on mm-hmm. and so forth. Um, and uh Thy and and I will be done. I will be done. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Amen. And also something, and I, I again I I people like to really generalize and be very black and white in this day and age. But I do think there's something beautiful. Like if we but for grace before meals in our tradition and in, in some of our traditions, we we begin with the Our Father um before we pray grace. I think that's beautiful. But I also like the tradition of saying we should stand so in awe of the Our Father that we actually don't just start with the Our Father. We start mm. with the Drasaji and prayers, mm. you know, mm-hmm. the, which yeah, is, yeah. you know, the Holy God which three times. The we, Our Father. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so there, it's kind of you work up to the Our Father in order to say, I need, I need a few moments and a few prayers to mm. settle my heart and my mind so that I can say the Our Father more sincerely, more authentically, more intentionally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, both of those things are good. Pray the Our Father immediately if you need to, if you have time, but I think it's good at least once or twice a day to actually work up to the Our Father, mm-hmm. to kind of settle our hearts, settle our minds, go into prayer by using the Trisagian prayers. Um, you can Google those, those of you who don't know what they are if you're not Byzantine. They're just, it's, it's, it's 30 seconds of prayer before you get to the Our Father and they're mm-hmm. easily memorized after some time to prepare for that. Um, it's yes, spelled T-R-I-S-A-G-I-O-N, Trisagian. Amen. Amen. It just means it just means three times or thrice holy. Um, so the uh, it just refers to the holy, holy, holy part of the holy God, holy, mighty, holy, mortal that we pray in part of those. Um, all right, um, on to the next thing. So I think the next thing is we've only gone through one, right? Uh, two. Oh, okay. So yeah. the first one well, is remembering two, two. the miracles. What was the second one? 
Um, yes, the second one was learn from liturgy in the Bible oh, yes, on, yes, yes. on what okay. to ask for, how to ask for. Mm-hmm. The third one is, um, and I think this is a good thing. Um, you, I thought of you, and I thought of this one, mother. That's to make sure that we're not when we ask for a miracle, we're not always always asking for things that are like life or death. Mm-hmm. We're not only asking for things that are like, oh my gosh, this child has a terminal disease. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, grant a miracle. Like we do those all the time, and that's a good thing. We should do those. But but if that's if that's all we do miracles for, I think. That that can lead to despair really quickly. Like all the miracles I've asked for, God did not grant. Mm-hmm. I, and, and that's just a very human thing. I think it's really good actually to ask for miracles all the time. And I think especially ask for miracles for things that we don't need. Mm-hmm. In other words, let God be generous. Don't don't make it always about life or death. Don't always make it about sickness. Like let God be generous. So ask Him for things because we don't. When we ask Him for things we don't need, then we understand that these things are gifts. Oftentimes, if 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 a, if a sick child is dying and we, we were praying that they don't die, we're saying like that, that there's an uh, implication in our human mind that says, what kind of God will let this happen? Hmm. You know, going back to theodicy. Whereas if I say, you know what, Lord, um, I would love, I would love a, a phone call from a friend today. You know, I would, I would love, I would love something. I would love something that 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 if I don't have it, I'm gonna be just fine. But it would it would it would be so nice to have this thing today that that would be a miracle, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. You know, help that it doesn't rain on for our picnic. Um, you know, help there to be rain. You know, on, on this day we need it or or whatever. You know, just something like that. Help my dad to be in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so, something like that, like little, little miracles that we can be thankful for when they come. Um, and, and, and I don't know why I thought of this as part of this, but there's a, something I didn't know about till recently. And that, that is, is prelist. You ever heard of prelist mother, P-R-E-L-A-S-T? Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, like um, the spiritual, spiritual deceit. Spiritual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in other words, prelist is, is, is when we are deceived Usually by the devil. Some of the some of the more modern Orthodox uh, theologians have said. I use that theologian loosely. Um, I don't mean like John the theologian, some of the theologian, Greg the theologian, but um, those who study the Word of God and try to live holy lives. Um, they've said that that the vast majority of of apparitions or or perceptions of what we perceive to be God is actually demonic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the the devil loves when we ask for signs, when we ask for God to be made obvious, Lord, like, Lord, go beyond faith. Go beyond faith and just make yourself known to me or to somebody else. The devil does that so well. And God, of course, lives in the world of faith. It is, of course, through faith that that works or wonder that one, wonders are worked. Mm-hmm. Right? It is through faith. Oftentimes, when Jesus heals somebody, it's because of your faith. Faith is is the primary way of going about life. Um, sometimes God offers us wonders, but the devil knows that we want those. So oftentimes, if we have a really quote spiritual experience about something, especially if it involves like our own feeling good or our own pride or, or, or giving me something that, 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 that is merely human that is not necessary for faith or salvation. Oftentimes that is, is, is involves spiritual deceit. The devil is deceiving us. This is why it's important to have mentors and community and prayer, et cetera, because we need to talk these things over. So when we, it's, it's, it's very easy for me to be deceived by the devil about something spiritual. It's much harder for me and Mother Natalia and Father Robert Pipta and my brother priest to all be deceived. And if I go to you guys who are my spiritual community and I say, you know, um, you know, the, the devil actually, I mean, it's the devil. <laughs> I, 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 I had this dream. I had this dream um, that, that God wants me to, to actually um, leave my ministry as a, as, as a diocesan priest and to, to go be a, a nationally known speaker. And I'm going to go talk all <laughs> over the world and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to bring all these people to Christ. And it's like, it's, we're going to have these big revivals and it's going to be yeah, like, oh my out. gosh, it's going to be so... <laughs> right? And, and you guys would be like, no. <laughs> 
what? Like, really? You need to test that. Um, that would be prelist. And, and when it works on our pride, it becomes a vice. Um, so we need to make sure that we're not only looking for miraculous things. We're not only looking for the supernatural to be our guide. Jesus works in the daily grind. Mm-hmm. Jesus works in the day-to-day holiness. He works in self-gift. He works in a life of faith. He works in, in the seven sacraments. He works in the participation life of the church. That's the main way Jesus works. Anything extra we need to be very, very careful about um, because of the reality of prelist, of of being deceived by the evil one who knows we want these big, fancy, miraculous things. And he knows he's going to give those to us to deceive us. Whereas Jesus works that way sometimes, but most of the work, most of the time he works through the everyday daily grind of a life of holiness. Yeah. Uh, as you were talking, so so I do this all the time. Like I ask Jesus for for miracles that are not just life and death. Um, and because they're the things that, like you said, um, you know, you're defining miracle, I don't know the actual definition of miracle, but you're defining it as um, something that would require like a divine intervention, something transcendent yes. too. Um, and so I, I asked someone recently, um, I was like, what did you, what did you ask Jesus for, for your birthday? And they were like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> and they were like, you asked Jesus for things on your birthday? And I was like, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um, and like my life profession anniversary, because I'm like, mm, other spouses get gifts from their spouse on their anniversary. And I feel like I can too. Uh, but one of my, one of my favorites of these, and sometimes it's, it's what you're saying of just like, Jesus, I'd really like for this friend to call me today or, or whatever, you know? Um, and, but my favorite of these, I shared it on a podcast a long time ago, I think, but, uh, was, um, oh, my poor friend, Greg, he was like, just, he was probably really upset when this happened, but then he was happy about it and now it's a great joy. But, uh, his wife was pregnant and I was like, oh, she's, um, so, uh, so I'm going to have like a little baby who's born on my birthday. And he was like, no, 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 no. The babies do like three days after your birthday. And I was like, yeah, no, but, but he's going to be born on my birthday. And he was like, no, he's not. Um, and I was like, no, he is. Cause, cause I'm asking Jesus. And he's like, don't do that. And I was like, no, I'm asking him. Um, and so then on my birthday, this is like so crazy. I'm I'm so sure. I'm like, Jesus is giving me this. I was so confident. And so on my birthday, I'm like, um, I'm so confident that I'm like shocked because I'm going over to Compline and I haven't gotten an email. And I was like, man, how did I, I just, I really thought this was happening. And then um, I asked mother permission to check my email after Compline. Or no, I looked the next day. I didn't even ask permission. I looked the next day and I had gotten an email like, um, 20 minutes after Compline had started. Cause on my way to Compline, I remember I was like, Jesus, I really, I really thought this was going to happen and it would have been great, but that's okay. I guess it's okay. Um, you can give me something else. And then the next day it turned out that the baby had been born the night before on my birthday. <laughs> and Greg was like, how did you do that? And I was like, anyways. Um, but I think that the, the everyday thing, um, I think part of what you're saying is that the miracles are already happening and we don't always even recognize them. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's not just that we don't see them uh, because there are those things as well, like the hidden things, but there are some things that we don't see because we're blinded to them. Um, Like we don't allow ourselves Mm -hmm. to see them as miracles. Um, And so when you're- I think that should be- Sorry, go ahead. Um, when you're talking about like it's not just the life or death things, it's the little things. Like it reminds me of right before we started recording this podcast, and you asked how I was doing, and um, I'm recording in a place that we never get good internet, um, and um, I had to record here because there's someone drilling a hole in the wall next to where I normally record, and so it was going to be too loud. And I was just like, Father Michael, the internet in here is great today, and. This place doesn't usually have internet. And I really think it's because Jesus knew I couldn't take one more thing. Like it's just been a day <laughs> of things. And I, when I found out I had to record here, I was like, Jesus, I can't take another thing. And Jesus knew that. And so he gave me this little miracle of internet in this place that doesn't get internet. <laughs> um, and it's Amen. not a life or death situation, but it's a miracle. It took divine intervention because this Amen. is Amish country. And we're all very thankful for that. <laughs>
And then I just want to finish up then with the last thing, and this is this is relates to your first thing, mother. Um, but that's uh, the wisdom of Maria Lachlan, my mother. Um, she would always say when we ask for something, you know, ask Jesus for the thing or for the ability to live without it mm-hmm. or for the ability to be happy without it because that sometimes, uh, uh, most of the time is more of a miracle. Mm-hmm. It's more of a miracle to say, Lord, give me, like, change me. <laughs> like, don't change the outside thing. You, you, you can change the world for me as a gift, and that would be beautiful. But for you to change me and for mm-hmm. me to allow that to happen, because I need to allow it to happen if it's going to happen, that's an even bigger miracle. And if, if I say, Lord, I, I really want, you know, tickets to this show. I don't know why that's the first thing that came to mind. I really want tickets to the show. I really want to be invited to this thing. I really want this thing, whatever it may be. Or give me the grace to be happy without it. Like that's the bigger miracle where I'm just like, you know what? I'm actually going to be pretty dispassionate about this. If I get it, amen. If I don't, amen. I'm going to be happy and and grateful and a joyful Christian living in the world either way. That's sometimes a greater miracle. So I think that's the wisdom of Mama Lachlan always say, or give me the grace to be happy or to live without it. And in that same vein is, and always finish with, or, or, but, or, and your will be done Mm -hmm. to our Lord. Your will be done because he knows what we want better than we do. He knows what's gonna make us happy. He's got a plan. He's got all figured out. He knows what what's going to make what's going to bring us to to heaven, etc. I had a really awkward moment, and you'll understand this, mother, um, on my homily on, <laughs> on on uh, on Sunday, and I was talking about um, uh, death, and I was talking about um, evil in the world, you know, theodicy. I was talking about the reality of evil in the world, and um, and I said, you know what, um, like when someone dies tragically. We we don't know how why God let that happen, but in heaven we're gonna say, well, there you are. Like it's just it's in other words, it's a matter of time until justice reigns. It's a matter of time until all this, uh, all, all the things that happen in this world make sense for for that end. And so, in one sense, we just need to be patient. And something we, you and I have talked about many times is, and I said this in my congregation. I said maybe I'm being a little bit too vulnerable. And oh, by the way, it was just weird timing. Like I'm talking, and I think it was it was because I was probably crying or one part of a homily. I was kind of tearing up, and little Ellie, who's probably one and a few months old, um, she comes crawling from like the second pew, just like right up to me, Aww. right. And so I scoop her up, and and so I'm holding her for about maybe three minutes before I get to this part of my homily. But I'm holding her, and then all of a sudden I get on, and I'm like, you know what? Like we have to wait, like. So there's some days when I'm really struggling in my celibacy where I'm like, you know how nice it would be to have a wife and kids right now? And then I go, <laughs> and I'm like holding a child. I'm like, oh yeah, that's 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 fitting. Um, but it, I said, um, you know, so I just need to remind myself on Sundays when I'm not feeling especially holy or consoled, I have to remind myself, just wait. <laughs> like, in other words, it's you only, you're already 44 years old, you know, another 40 years max of this. And 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 then you're going to be just fine. Like you're going to get to heaven, and you're going to have all the 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 unity and intimacy and fruitfulness of being a husband and father, right? And all the those desires are going to be completely fulfilled. And then I just kind of stopped my homily, and I was like, oh snap, I need to. So at the end of the homily, at the end of the dry she was like, and if the Pope right now said. I'm going to allow celibate ordained priests to get married and continue to be priests. I would not do it. I would not. I love my celibacy. I really do. And I, I treasure it, <laughs> that vocation. But I was like, I just need, I need to, I, I sounded like a sob story in my homily, especially holding this child. It was such an emotional moment. Um, I was like, no, no, no. I, I love my celibacy. I'm honored to be called to this and I embrace it fully. Um, so anyway, I think, I hope they believe me. I don't remember what that had to do with the, Oh, let me be happy without it. That thing was that the how it was related to the. Um, it doesn't need to be related. It may have just been great. a big perla. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I think it was, it was related somehow in my brain at least. Okay, great. Sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned that. I didn't see the relation. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, of course not. Not at all. That's how everybody's thinking, anyway. Um, <laughs> you just put it, put it into words. Um, so I'll do the spiel, mother. Unless you have anything else to say about that. No, I think this is great. It was a great, um, great episode. I so ask for wonders to be worked, especially the intercession of Saint Nicholas the Wonder Worker, because that's part of his name. And then make sure that you 
make sure that you ask for the overwhelming generosity of God for you. Make sure that you learn from the church how to say, make sure that you're grateful for all these things and then be, be, uh, be Christian and therefore asking for the miraculous to happen through Christ's grace and through holiness. I do have I do have one other fun miracle story. Did um yes. Did I have I told the story on the podcast about the shin splints in Ireland? Do you know? I don't know. I don't remember these things. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, please um, ask again. Sorry, please tell it again, mother. I'm sorry, listeners, if I've already told this story. Uh, but we were when I was on my mission trip slash pilgrimage in Ireland um, with uh, with Michelle, the one who um, is now a servant of God. Um, so when we were in Ireland, we're walking everywhere, right? And I get shin splints really easily. So um, I got shin splints. And then we go to hike Croke Patrick, and I have shin splints. And like, I don't know if you've ever had shin splints, Father Michael, but it's like yeah. horribly, horribly painful. It's like you 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 feel like your legs are totally fine. And then as soon as you mm-hmm. try to walk or run, it's just like fire. It's like your shins are on fire. And... um So uh, I'm really upset because this whole trip, I've been so excited to hike Kirkpatrick and I just try to do it and I can't. (laughs) And so I sit down um, and I'm just kind of like about to have a breakdown and I'm praying to all of the people that I can think of. And finally, I just, I prayed to Bishop Romja and um, who's one of my favorite saints and um, he's a blessed. And and I was like, Bishop Romja, I just like, you know how to persevere through through pain and and I need you to give me the strength to persevere. Like I, I really want to do this. Um, and I get up and the shin splints are gone. And shin splints do not go away, right? Like you have to rest for, I don't know, like at least six weeks or something to get rid of shin splints. Um, and in that moment, they're just gone. And we hike Code Patrick, mm. and I get all the way up, no shin splints, all the way down. And then as soon as we get to the bottom of the mountain, um, the shin splints are back. And I'm like, that was wow. crazy. Uh, so that was a cool one. That's cool. Yeah. Amen. Um, Not life or right. death, but I got to hike the mountain. Yeah, amen. Yeah, unique. I didn't know that. Pierre Giorgio at the time, otherwise I would have asked for his intercession. But maybe he was interceding for me anyways. Uh, amen. Yeah, that's true. That's how that works sometimes too. Again, unknown graces or intercessors. All right. Uh, thank you all for listening and for all that you do for us and for the affirmations of this podcast. Um, we are on all the social media. We're on almost all the platforms um, I'm on Twitter at Padre Michael O. We have a Goodreads page where you can see what we're reading. You can share what you're reading. You can interact with our media team. We have a email address. You can email Mother Natalia, and sometimes she'll pass it on to me. Um, it is what God is not podcast at gmail.com. We have a website where you can uh, go and find our episodes there as well. Um, that is what God is not.com. We have a Patreon, which means that you can support us monthly. It goes to our nonprofit that supports this equipment that we're buying. It supports uh, when we travel to see each other and record live. It also supports the, our Matthew 25 ministry, the hungry, thirsty, strangers, naked, ill, and imprisoned in creative ways, helping the poor and the outcast. It also supports our church, um, the, our eparchies, because we tie through our eparchies, and and it also supports similar projects that other people that we re- find out are doing um, to also build with the church in uh, similar evangelization and helpful ways. Um, we have that is Fotina is our website. Fotina.org is our is our website for the nonprofit. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. You just go there and look up what God is not. That's how you can support us. There are certain uh, benefits that we give uh, for different levels of giving. So thank you all who already do that. Um, those of you who who support us at certain levels, look forward to an upcoming, or maybe if you've probably already heard of it, you probably already got the email by now, hopefully. Um, <laughs> um, they have. Yeah. A Zoom, Zoom, they have already. A Zoom meeting with Mother and I. Although it's already um, well passed by the time this comes out. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. Next time you, 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 get it, you can get on. Next time we do it. We do it quarterly. Um, and so, yeah. So, prayer intentions. Um, I will ask you to please pray. Who needs? Who needs a wonder worked? Um, 
please pray for, I probably had asked you before, Connie and Lance, my two friends who, uh, who come by the parish, um, uh, struggles, financial struggles, um, health struggles, things like that. Um, and I, they're not, they're not practicing Christians and it would be nice to, to have something that, that assisted in that direction. Um, also, please pray for my friends, Christina and Rich, who are mourning the loss of a close friend who, who was our age, they're my age, who just died um, recently, probably of, of something related to alcoholism and, and pray for their peace for them and, and for all those who mourn and for all those who struggle with addictions. Mm, I will ask you to pray for... Mm, mm, I just had something in my mind. Oh, um, miracles. The There are three couples in particular that I pray regularly for um, to be able to conceive who are struggling with fertility. So um, I, of course, won't say their names here, but please pray for those three couples. Um, one of the couples uh, I know of their struggles um, because they're, they're podcast listeners and they've reached out. So... Um, yeah, please pray for them. And that's a great one. Thanks. Yeah. I think that's it. You win the intention competition. Yes, I was trying to. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, it's been great. This is a fun episode. Thanks, Father Michael. You're very welcome. Thank you, and thank uh, you, uh, thank you, Church, for making me a priest, so I can just use episodes, make episodes out of my old homilies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Father, can you give us a blessing? We will bless you all, keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May you understand the power of God's invitation to you in holiness, in the daily grind, in the seven sacraments, in his holy word, in the Bible, through the love of the poor, through a life of asceticism and self-gift, through truth and beauty and goodness, faith, hope, and love. May you also understand that our Lord intends for us to ask for wonders to be worked through this intercession of his saints, especially St. Nicholas. May you learn how to be one who asks for wonders in a way that is healthy to your own holiness, your own salvation, may an inspiration to others. May you be thankful for all that God has given you in the life of faith and in the life of the miraculous. May you intercede for others and also empower others. And if our Lord wills it, also um, assist in the miracles that our Lord gives to others. May you be open to that and may others be open uh, to that for you. May our Lord give you every good thing you need for the upbuilding of the kingdom, for the salvation of your soul. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 